with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him. I want to remind you that we've been chosen in him. The Bible tells me that many are called, few are chosen. And I know the difference between the chosen and the call is the response to the call. So the fact that he said we've been chosen, he's chosen us on purpose. He saved us on purpose. He saved us for this hour, all of us, every one of us. Through the trials and tribulations that we've experienced in life, uh, he, he allowed us to make it to this place. You know, when that song was going to talk about how he's able, it, it made me go all the way back to when I was still living in Philadelphia. And uh, I thought I was on top of the world. And my life changed drastically because I became a part of my environment that I said I would never do and I would never become. And isn't that amazing, all of the things that he would never, never do? I became. And, uh, you know, it, it, when you talk about Abel, and I was really looking at, you know, and here I got children, right? My son and daughter at that time, they were they were the, the oldest they were born. And uh, all I can think about is what I was doing to myself. And, uh, and, I, and I, I laugh about it because when you think you're doing good, you know, and I was like, I had a, a, a BMW, I, and I was I thought I was on top of the world, right? I was driving a bright red BMW, right? But that was gone too. And then I was using my son's BMX. That's his bicycle. Chasing a ghost. But never ever satisfied. And I, I share this because I'm thinking, when you talk about God being able, and I want to talk about this church, Faith Harvest, surviving, being going through two floods, going is now will be 20-something years next year. 25 years. And going through all of the challenges, all of the trials and tribulations, all of the things we had gone through. The times uh, when I wanted to quit and I wanted to give up. The times when we didn't have enough money to, to, to pay the bill, the bills. Times when, you know, we experienced all of that. We've been through all of that. But I want to talk to the church this morning about the floodgates and why important that God blessed us with all spiritual blessings. And so I recently, and as I was reading, and I was reading an article um, by Scott Roden, Dr. Scott Roden, and talking about it, he had a friend that had a military background. And he shared with him about war. And I wanted to let you know that we're at war. As much as I would like to say I don't want to be at war, you know, and I remember as a young man, I, you know, I didn't want anything to do with the military. You know, that was so far from me, but I'll tell you how the military is important and war is something that has been going on since the beginning of time. And I found out if you're not prepared to fight and battle, your life may be in trouble. What you believe in, I believe you should fight for. <laughs> and uh, so when I see a David and I see a Paul, these guys, 
uh, I knew that they would they stood for righteousness, but they didn't stand for no mess. Okay, and I'm just thinking again, but they and they believed it and they supported what they believed in. And so from a military standpoint, when planning a battle, an amateur talks about strategy. But a professional will talk about logistics. Yeah. And this is so important because I'm actually watching this play out right now. There is no way that the war that is going on in Europe with Russia and the Ukrainians should still be going on. Theoretically, technically. Because Russia was so much bigger and so much more powerful, right, to be able to move. But what they did is they only talked about strategy. And they had their strategies in place. They were going to go in, they were going to hit this, hit that. But what they didn't do is logistically plan to have enough fuel to cover their tanks, enough food to feed their men in the places where they would be because they thought it was only going to be a couple days. But because of the resistance that they got, they found their tanks to run out of gas. They found their men hungry out in the field, couldn't get back. They had no food. Now they lost the morale of the men and the manpower because their leadership didn't take care of and didn't plan appropriately for them. But I want to tell you, God is still on the throne. But he needs his people to think like he thinks. And why, how is that going to happen? Because he wants us to know him. And so we have to develop our relationship with God so we can hear the voice of God. It's so important for leaders, particularly leaders like myself and in the position where I am, that we ain't lead people to any place, but we're leading people appropriately to a place that can change their life, a place of help, a place of support. Okay, but this is not a uh, a handout. This is a hand up. Don't get this confused. See, too often, and, and I gotta be careful uh, keeping my mindset that God has called me to this, and He's called me to serve and serve His people. But at times, people look at me and they want a handout and not necessarily a hand up. And I am not interested in giving handouts. I am interested in giving uh, a helping hand and lifting somebody up. I'm interested in encouraging you to become the best you that God has called you to be. That's what I want for every one of you. Every one of the men and women, young men, young uh, women that are here. I want to see you become who God's called you to be. I, now, I've learned that's what I get high off of. Amen. Oh yeah, that's right. I don't need anything else. What I need is when I see people rise up and become who God has called them to be. When I see families staying together and sticking together when others are falling apart. Oh, you don't know how important that is. Okay? This ain't, this, if nothing else, at the end of the day, we together. And we got each other's back. And by the way, we found out that nobody missed the meal. How about that? Because there's some other places where it's the doggy dog world against each other and 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 somebody they need.
Somebody say, but God. So we want to look at the logistics. And why am I saying that? Because I want to strengthen the church. I believe in God. Like I, I've, I've been toiling in between myself and what God has called me to and what I'm supposed to be doing in this season. Because it's not like what I'm doing now is not what I was doing 25 years ago. Okay? I can't go back. <laughs> That's not where I'm at. That's not where it was. In fact, uh, he's gone from there. Uh, it would be tragic for me to, to, to pursue in that. So I want to talk about logistics and preparing the church so that we can make a difference. The plateau of a sense of considering the critical importance of the fuel, the food, the ammunition, the reinforcement so that we can win the battle. Did you hear what I said? So I need to know that we're in position, that we have the necessary things in place so that we can win the battle. Do we have enough fuel to put in our tanks? Do we have enough food to support our soldiers? Do we have enough ammunition to put in our weaponry? Okay, so that's part of my job to keep supplying ammunition week after week so that we get built up and we're prepared for what comes our way. Okay, now it's not a, a matter of will trouble come, it's when trouble will come. Okay, it's going to, it, we have to live in a world where it exists. Although we're not of this world, but we're in the world. So what exists in this world, we are subject to. But we can win because of who our commander in chief is, but we got to hear his voice and respond to it and logistically and strategically put ourselves in position by faith to overcome the opposition, to overcome the circumstances and situations. And so I'm, I'm clearly talking about something, and if you, if you misconstrue me, you'll think I'm talking about money. And that's not what I'm talking about. Now, money's a part of it when I'm talking about opening the floodgates. Because I believe right in here, right now, what no matter, we don't have to have every chair filled to support what it is we need to do. If everybody will do their part, then our part will be done, and then we won't have to go beyond that. Because I believe God strategically knows and logistically put in place uh, because He wants us to survive. Amen? Amen. And again, as I share with you, I had a foolish conversation. We got and told him he did something backwards, but he allowed me to run two organizations, the church and the school. The school happens to be 10 times bigger than the church, maybe 20 times bigger, <laughs> probably 20, right? In terms of this logistics and moves and things that needs to be in place. Um, but what he did is he allowed me to use that to make preference and references and situations for the church that the church didn't have to worry about. For years, uh, Deacon Mark used to come to me and he said that the, the pastors in town would say, how are they doing it? How is that little church on the corner doing all the things that we did, the outreaches, the conferences, whatever it is we put on? And then they would say, you know, and I, I got angry at him one day. I said, listen, stop listening to that stuff. 
And if they ask you the next time, just say, could it be God? Just could it be God? Because I believe it was God the whole time in everything we've done. It wasn't because we made connections or because we were, you know, we were of this group and we were of that group. In fact, we were a part of no groups. We, we never joined any of them because it was important that we stay with God. And I think that's part of our problem with all these different other things going on instead of trusting God and standing on that. So I say to the church, to Faith Harvest, to this family, God has us here on purpose and for a reason. And logistically, we have survived the storm. 25 years later, because I wanted to quit year one. But I'm still here. I'm here to only find out that uh, in the last three years, how COVID has affected our mindset, generations, and uh, it, it just affected everything and everybody. You know, um, so with that, with what we're still here. And so I want to say to you, we got to have uh, ourselves in place for the battle that we're now, that God has called us to. And I'm saying, I've been thinking about faith harvest and saying, what do we need to do? And where do we need to be? So I'm speaking to faith harvest this morning. Okay, if you're visiting here today, uh, God bless you. I'm, I, I am talking, I pray that we get something out of it and support because what God's saying to me today is to talk to us to prepare ourselves for logistically, not just strategically, for our future. Many of you are gifted with many different gifts on the inside of you. That in order for it to happen, there needs to be a place to do it. Some finances to maybe promote it. There's quite a few things going on. And particularly, you know, our young people, we need to be prepared to address them and some of their needs and some of their um, things to be able to get through to them to, and to be able to help them. Amen. And so we gotta we gotta think about that. And so I want to share this point that if we engage in this spiritual battle, bring, being thrust on us in the moral chaos of America, of our culture, uh, we must pay attention to the logistics. As I'm saying, that there's someone who makes a living helping ministry think strategically for their future. There's so many. Uh, conferences and people to send me information to come and let me sit down with you and help you make a strategic plan. You know, you can have a strategic plan, but again, you could be out there and logistically, if you don't have the things in place to support it, it won't last. Uh, you know, uh, how many businesses y'all see start and fall? And particularly right now, COVID, how many uh, churches have closed their doors? How many places have not been able to survive, even in the midst of all the things they've been given out and given away. And, and I don't say that to, 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 to badmouth them or to, to brag. I think I'm grateful that we're able to keep the doors open. That God has been with us in spite of. Can I can I say it's always been easy? No. He's, he opened up all kinds of other opportunities. Uh, for us, and me being for the business mind, have taken them and used them on the behalf of the church. And uh, so I say that and, and say that 
As I wanted to make this point, as we engage in spiritual battle and understanding that so much is going on around us in order for us to help, I've realized something. I can't help somebody unless I help myself. I first have to be in position to help somebody. If, if you don't have nothing, you can't give nothing. Nothing in, nothing out. Okay, so I purposed myself to try to put myself in a position to have something, but also what I have, I share with others. And if you know me, uh, and you've been around me, you can say, I know that to be true. Hey, that's not me patting myself on the back. Yet every strategic plan we must create acknowledge the goal depends on having the fuel to achieve it. In other words, the goal of our strategic plan relies on the funding, the personnel, the volunteers that make them possible. I need everybody in Faith Harvest in this church and everybody that's listening to us via uh, Facebook Live and YouTube. And anyway, this church cannot survive on me alone. I am not the church. We are. I want to make that clear that it's important that I may be able to call some shots. I may be able to write my name on something, but only because God gave me the, the ability or he's actually called the shots allow me to do it. Had he not done that, it has nothing to do. It's not about me, but it is about us. We're in this together. I fail, you fail. You fail, I fail. There's no difference. But I don't have failure in my mouth or my conversation or in my heart or in my mind. Because to me, anything that I don't succeed at today, I will get tomorrow. What am I saying? I know one thing. If you quit, you get nothing. But if you keep going, you got a chance. And so we're going to keep going. God is planning. I'm saying, I'm not speaking doom and gloom. I'm just speaking to it. That this church, we got to have it. We need to have the goals and the pinnacle, the fuel to achieve it. And we need the funding, the personnel, the volunteer. So I'm sharing with you, this can't be. This can't be just me. So if, if you've got a ministry, you've got a work, you've got a thing, we got a way to get to young people, we got things we can do. We need your help. I'm, I'm pleading for that today. Church, the church has to stand up too often. We're depending on a person to do something when he called the church to. My job is to build you up and minister to you. That's my job. I, and I understand that. I believe I call myself a leader's leader to push leaders, the leader in you, to become the best you that he's called you to be. That's what I'm here for. But you got to see yourself as being, and you're doing your part. What am I supposed to be contributing? Who am I supposed to be in this, this thing? So to make it possible. So here's my challenge. In this time to follow of the followers of Jesus to throw open the floodgates of generosity in the way they've never seen before in our nation's history. It takes spiritual warfare to face serious, uh, th th that we face seriously. And how we can respond with anything less. So one of the things that I was thinking about is that we just uh, celebrated 9-11. It's been 22 years. I, I remember when that happened. Right? So we lived through some stuff. But y'all remember that guy with Bin Laden? 
for what they believed in. He was a millionaire. Living in the caves. But what he believed in, he put his money in. He put his efforts in. And I'm not I'm not supporting him in any way, shape, or form. But I'm just sharing how uh, they funded what they wanted to do through the process of uh, different businesses, different things, and even people like himself being a multimillionaire and putting his money in it. Okay? Because he believed in it. But also, at the end, whatever his goal was to do, he tried to achieve them through what it is he believed in. And I say, how much more for the people of God who love God, love other people, love the Word of God, and want to see the world differently? Are they willing, what are you willing to do to get it there? So I say that because we are challenged in this time. And the floodgates of generosity need to be open because I'm watching millionaires, billionaires get richer and poor people getting poorer. I'm watching that happen. And the middle class people being squeezed right out of existence. And my question is, you know, where do we fall? Where does the church belong? Where is the church in the midst of this? And you know, my early days, I thought, you know, we always was uh, doing things where we were giving people stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. But I think we didn't help people in those early times of talking, thinking of just giving you something as opposed to teaching them how to do something. Preparing them for life. Preparing them for business, preparing them for different uh, things that are going on in the world. I think we could do a better job. So one of the things that I prepared, plan on doing at Harvest today is that we're teaching ministry. We got to deal with stuff, the emotions, the psychological, the trauma, all that. That's real, right? You see it every day. You talk to people, right? But also, we got to prepare them for the business aspect. For the life aspect, life goals, all these other things. And so, as a teaching institution, we can do this with the floodgates, but that has to be. The problem is, we have to have resources in order to do it. So, it's, and so we don't need to be big bar and have no fish dinners to make it happen. Okay, I'm saying, I know in our world we can do a whole lot of other things. So why don't we support what it is we believe in terms of education and all kinds of, uh, from it, whether it be soft skills and work ethics and things of that nature, business skills, uh, whatever it is, we need to be preparing it and preparing our people for it. So Harvest is about preparing the leaders of tomorrow, today. So we got to figure out how to do that, logistically and strategically, okay? Every one of y'all got a different fingerprint. Every one of you, if you got a different fingerprint, which means you've got a different purpose and a different DNA makeup, which means God has something strategically for all of us to do. I'm convinced of that. My life is not just to get up and go to work every day and collect a paycheck. I only need a paycheck because I live in a world that requires money. So the reason I need one. And I found out money is not all of what is cracked up. It's a tool. And if you don't understand it as a tool, it'll drive you crazy. Okay? 
And what I'm saying, so you get cooked, you get hooked, and it become greedy. You'll do anything for it and take anybody out with it. And then you'll have no respect for life. Okay. So I'm not talking to my idea of this generosity that, that we put in and fund those things we believe in, fund education, fund knowledge, and fund uh, different business practices, fund uh, housing. I don't want to call it uh, low income, affordable housing. I want to make it in places. So me and Pastor Rob was just talking, because I need y'all to know something. 25 years ago, I told him that I wanted to have a credit union. And I wanted a tire who pays already 10%. Would need 10% to put down on the house because they already paid 10%. Well, they, they came and asked for a loan. We should be able to help them get a loan so they can get a house. This is something we talked about 25 years ago. I don't know about you, I was so happy to, to get into to, to be called of God and get into church only to find out I went to the bank and told them, you know, I want to buy a building and I needed a mortgage and And they looked at me and the interest rate was 3%. But when they, I told them I was with the church, they said, but for you, it's six. I'm like, hold it. That's double. Why, why am I saying that? Because the people before me gave us a bad name. They expected something for nothing. And they didn't do right. And so our name is important. Who are we? What we do? And I'm saying that God blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So if they are already been blessed in heavenly places, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven, right? If he's there, my question is, how do I get those blessings that he blessed me with that are in heavenly places here in the earth? There's a bridge, an abstract bridge called faith. And I need faith bridge to be intact to get what God has in heaven for me here in the earth. And I've been believing him for this. And I'm trying to tell the church that we got to gear up. We got to stop playing the Mickey Mouse games and really pick out and start strategically and logistically planning about who we are, who we are, and what we're going to do. I can't keep coming Sunday after Sunday and just coming with a message. And he said, well, that was good. No, I need your life to change. I need us to grow up. I mean, you know, right now, if you're a mother or father in here, and if your child uh, is uh, at three, and they stay at the, what's going on at three, and they six now, you would something wrong. You'd go to the pediatrician and say, something's wrong. What's happening here? I need, I need some evaluation. So I want to say the same thing. We can't afford to stay to be where we've always been. We must go where God's calling us to go beyond where we've ever been. And you know what? Is that going to be a challenge? Absolutely. But can we do it? Absolutely. According to scripture, he's already given us all the blessings that are in spiritual and spiritual all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So I have what I need, what it takes. I just got to grab hold of it. So listen, if we take spiritual warfare and face it seriously, how can we respond with anything less? Across our country, tens of thousands of affected Christian ministries are fighting on the front lines, every arena of human needs. All of the required funding. They remain effective. Face to face. We just, now, we're going to, we're opening, uh, 
What's it called? Adult education at night. You say, why are you, why are you doing that? You got a private school during the day. Well, there's some people that I know miss that opportunity in their life. And I'm not blaming them. I'm saying, hey, let's do the first works over. I'm saying, don't let your pride get in the way. Let's get this thing right because knowledge is power. So if I can help you become more knowledgeable and who you are and who you are and what you're doing, you know, one of the most disappointing things to me is uh, is, is, the, is professional athletes who make millions. I met Mike Tyson in New York, and I talked to him, and I went to the play, and uh, he had a, and, and he's a Christian now. And yes, he got his act done. I didn't like him as a fighter, but he said he was paid $800 a day for towels to wipe the sweat off his face. But he didn't read it in the contract until he was, and his, he said he broke, but his broke ain't our broke. <laughs> but he broke, because you have $310 million. I just asked for one. <laughs> but I'm going to parlay that. You don't know what that means, multiply. <laughs> but, uh, and he said that, but again, because he didn't read. So we're talking about opening adult education. We're talking about doing these different things. And they take funding. I know this is part of said, they look at me and say, well, they don't need any money. This is really for me. I was blessed when I walked into this. My house in Newark is now been there 32 years. 32 years at the same house. And what I paid for 32 years is triple as most people's houses has, not just mine, in 32 years. Which is supposed to. It's an appreciating item, not a depreciating item. The other things I, I've had in life, my car, they depreciate. It ain't worth, I drive it off the lot, and it ain't no longer worth what I paid for it. <laughs> so, but what I'm saying, but our lives and our ministry and the work of God's company is more valuable than ever. ever. Lives are at stake. Lives are at stake. And so, I am not giving up what we need to do. So, doing those things, we, and by the way, we, we don't have, we have no plans and intentions of charging people. Now, our school during the day, people pay because they won't fund us because we mentioned Jesus Christ. Okay, we want to teach people to read and write and do what they need to do. In our I want you to have basic, basic skills in mathematics so nobody ain't cheating. So you know how much money you need to get the way you need to go. You know, one of the worst things is me being in a foreign country, right? And the, the money fluctuates. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. And then I don't speak their language. Uh, that's a, that makes me all mad. Because now I, I know they're going to try me. Right? You get a cab driver or somebody, and 
he, he don't know no better. You don't know which, but you know what I mean? And they'll play you. So I, I usually take myself a little self-knowledge course, figure out what every uh, bill is worth and how much is worth in American dollars compared to so I'm prepared to make the right deal. <laughs> I hate being taken. <laughs> That's one thing about you, but don't take it. Right? But listen, challenges, generosity, floodgates, spiritual warfare, I want you to keep that in mind. We are facing seriously the responses um, that we must do. It again, across the, not only are we doing it, but ministries across the nation are doing this. And standing for the truth in a confused and, a, and accusing society. And I don't know of an effective Christian nonprofit that can expand this ministry, touch more lives, and advance God's kingdom more powerfully if it had consistent funding to do it. And I want to say that because I realize that now, how much it takes and what it takes to do in order for us to advance the kingdom, to have what we need. You know, uh, it's the sign of the times, but sneakers used to be, they was expensive if they was a buck and a quarter, right? But they tell me they, 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 they go hundreds, three and up. And I'm like, but they don't got no job. You know, and one of the worst things to do is to see a mother buy her son a pair of sneakers like that, and then she had her car repossessed. And another, they couldn't pay, they rent. And then someone shoot you, and they came to the church. And my heart always goes out, want to help, right? But at the same token, I gotta be willing to tell them the truth about misplaced priorities. What's more important, your livelihood and a roof over your head than a, than a pair of sneakers? Well, I figured that out. You know, my father's not here now, but you know what? I uh, He might have went to the supermarket and got my sneakers. And I was wearing bobo. But I always had a roof over my head. Never messed the meal. Because priorities are different. But then, when I got out of age, I, I made some money. I, I bought my own. <laughs> so I, I, I wanted to be in. But I bought my own. But again, what he taught me priorities. So I'm sharing that because this morning, I know I'm just not no uh, message to get you all riled up and tickled uh, underneath. But this is about the seriousness of the church and faith promise. Where do we go from here? What are we going to do with what God has given us? Who are we going to become with what um, what God's calling us to? What are we going to do about that? Are we going to open up the floodgates, our funding, our generosity, our, our talents, our skill sets, our ability? What are we offering to make a difference? And at first, let's start at home. By the way, first partaker has to start at your house. And then it should spread abroad. Okay, so have no problems, huh? I'm telling you, then let's start working on getting our houses in order. Let's start there. What are we supposed to do? Have we done that? 
And you'll be like me. Once you raise your kids to a certain age, now you gotta give it to God. Take your hands off. Oh, that's a difficult thing. <laughs> but take your hands off. Right? And I know they're just like mine. They made all the decisions that I wouldn't have made. But I had to trust them and let them go through it. And love them anyhow. <laughs> I know some parents can understand and sympathize with that. So listen. Christian ministry is fighting in the front lines of every arena of the human need. And all that require funding that remains effective. Most face the enemy. Don't. Most face the enemy head on and pay significant prices for standing for truth and confusing accusing society. And I don't know any effective Christian ministry or nonprofit that could, could, couldn't expand its ministry, touch more lives, and advance the kingdom powerfully in a consistent funding to do so. So, in the face of these needs, here are both the challenges of the words and hope. There's enough money in here right now and in our pocketbooks and in our portfolios and God's people to fund Christian ministries. He has brought into existence, pressed down, shaken together, running over, overflowing God's people control enough of the wealth to ensure every spiritual need and goal for every responsible uh, group out there. And so, and for harvest, I believe that what we need, God has supplied. It's in us, but I need to know that everybody is willing to do their part. And that's what I want to encourage you, because at some point, you may become of need. And can we be there for you? That's important. Things change in life. And the church should be that place where we can count on and trust that if I'm going through a challenge because I was a part of it, I invest in it. It also can invest in me. How many don't believe that? Lord, God, it should. I agree with that as well. It's in the Word. And I found out faith without works is dead, right? So when I believe in God, God believes in me. And also and then he starts to produce what he said, I believe them for. So that's exactly the whole thing, how it works. And so uh, encouraging us, but we can't do it alone. The need, it, it needs us, it needs every one of us. It needs us to give as we have never given before. The need of God's people to pray for courage to move God's resources out of the bank accounts into his work. The need to stop thinking about it, considering, calculating, uh, making, making plans to give, and the need for us to act on it, to open the floodgates of generosity. And I said that because, and one of the things is, and I have a struggle myself talking about money and talking about things with generosity in terms of our gifts and talent. Because I don't know about you, every one of us at some point, some place in our life have a need. Some type of need. My question is, can we prepare ourselves logistically and have things in place so that we can continue to, to fuel the fight of the spiritual battles we're in? And so one of the things we're doing, um, a few years ago, I knew it was hard for people to hear what I'm saying, to do what we needed, because they were facing so many other um, traumatic things that are going on in their life. So we formulated uh, a Christian counseling ministry um, led by Pastor Bruce and Elder, they're part of it. Right? But one of the things they do is that they were speaking into the lives of people so we could deal with the first issue so I could get beyond that wall so that they could hear what it is I was trying to say. Because so what? Well, we found that that was a need. Right? 
they would deal with all these other things that are going on in life and couldn't hear the word. So we said, okay, let's meet them where they are. And we did. And that part has been successful in helping. But there's more. You know, there's so much more that we need to do. And as I'm getting older, I've realized in order for us to be successful on what real success is, is preparing the next generation. Because until Jesus comes in, if he doesn't come tomorrow, we still need to keep working at this. We will need to keep going. We need to keep influencing somebody. We need to make a difference uh, in, our, in, our, in the lives of our, our children, the children God sent around us, the people that we're connected to. All that needs to keep going. And so that's where I'm at, you know, in saying that to say today, you know, talking to the church and it's like, Lord, you know, I don't want to minister this. I'd like to talk about a whole lot of other things. And I, I could do that, right? But this was important because I needed to talk to Faith Harvest and I needed everybody here to know that I care that much about them, about you. And let me share with you, the enemy is lurking to and fro, who and how. He can disrupt our funding. He can disrupt your life. Some of y'all may have experienced that. And he creeps into your life. And he's like, how did I get into that? Into that? Why did I open that door? You know, it's almost like clicking on a, uh, 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 I have to be careful on emails, right? I got hundreds of emails and three different accounts. And literally, if you ain't paying attention, you click on an email that you not you ain't familiar with, you don't know anything, and you can look at them and see how they kind of laid out um, and know it ain't from that place. And as soon as you open it up, it unleashes something in your computer. You know, they stealing your information. And the guy was at the call me from the bank in uh, uh, um, in Sheltonham, on the other side of Philly. And they said, Mr. Williams, are you in... Pennsylvania and Sheltonham. I said, no, I'm sitting here in my office in Delaware. They said, well, the guy is here posing to be you. He got ID and everything. Now, his ID got his picture on it with my name, my information. And he's trying to cash a Chase check. So he's trying to cash, you know, y'all ever see the, the credit card companies those checks? He's trying to cash one of those checks because they stole my information that they could know that uh, I have a Chase account and I banked it the bank. They didn't have my bank account numbers. And uh, so they didn't cash the check at one bank, but the guy didn't give up there. He went to another. So they finally they did arrest him at the other one because now he was alerted and ready to know. Uh, but I'm just saying, so we're living in this world where it's actually the scam world and, and all the stuff that's going on out there, the things that they're funding, it's actually more lucrative to give people tr trouble and turmoil than it is to do right. But I don't know about you, do you have a conscience and a heart? So we got to prepare ourselves because the, the enemy has been still killing and destroying all his life, and he'll continue on until Jesus returns. But we need your help. We need to get this thing right, okay? We need to keep giving. And here I wrote down 50% more, 100% more than we're currently doing. Fear, lack of trust in God's will of supply on how matters. And yes, there's people 
there's people who have proposed to do the will of God and done the wrong things. Absolutely. But that's not the case here in this house. The proof is in the pudding. Okay. Everything we have, okay, we pay for. Um, or we put it in because we got it from the We got it from the people we're called to answer to. We need to be able to do that. So we need to be able to take this moment, take our community and the ministries that need uh, the, the financial support to do what it is God's called us to do. But more than the financial, even the talents, the gifts, the work, the support. Children's church. We're talking doing that to fix people. Amen. I believe my wife's in there today. Okay? So, first lady, don't get a reprieve either. But she got, we need help. Everybody got to do something. And so, thank God we have ability to do it. And what, and we're not too high minded that we can't do our part. I say all of that to say to you, they promise, God is calling us to a greater place. God is calling us to the next level. And I don't want to be just strategic, but I also want to prepare and be logistically prepared. I don't want to get out there and we'll have no fuel to put in our tank. I want to be prepared. Because, and we can be, because he's telling us nothing's a secret. We don't have to walk in this thing ignorant or blindly. Amen? But I'm saying this because I say it for you. How many will see their lives change? Oh, I'm so glad to see your hands. So I am interested in helping your life be changed. I am helping to be, I want to be a change agent. And I believe that Harvest can be a change agent. And there's different people in here that can do different things before and we can get there. And as we, we can bring that in and do different things that will make a difference in others' lives. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, October 18th. October 18th, we bring a young guy in from Australia. A uh, young guy that was living in the streets in Australia. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't know any place nobody in Australia. But I met this guy, you know, he sent some of his information, and I looked him up on YouTube and all the other places and, and said, and his message, he was saying what I was saying, but he said it with a young voice. I was like, wow, I need him. So I bring him to the school that morning. We're having a concert that I've been. So one of us, I'm saying, we got to do stuff outside the box. We got to start changing traditional church. Is how that, that's not how it should be. I mean, let me say what that might be how I came through, but that's not where we are today. So things have changed, and so I just think opportunities. And you know what? Thank God He said He's coming for free, right? And I'm gonna hold Him to that coming for free. But do you think I'm gonna let Him come in here and not be able to give Him something? I will not be a part of that. So we will generate some funds some kind of way and pay him so that he can take this message and keep going. Because I understand. Now I love I like the young man because he got a brand, he got clothing that they sell. So they sell. That's how he funds his ministry. Right? So he got a plan in place, right? But that don't mean take advantage of. Uh, I'm speaking to everybody about the church, so they don't mean take advantage of us and don't help us support. Don't do that. That's not what that means. This is all of our job. It's not just yours, by the way. Oh, no, it's the pastor. You too. 
no title, your, your position don't, don't excuse you from anything. I ain't reading the Bible nowhere where a church where anybody have a title and they got excused from something. The King David was subject to all the things everybody else was subject to. But he was king. So faith promise. I want us to open the floodgates, break down a basket jar, pour out this costly perfume that we have. The battles are raging. Let us meet them and supply the lines filled with the resources for every ministry work on the front line. We need a generosity revolution to start today. And it begins with you and me. And that's my, my message today. And starting out how God has called us. And we're living in the end times. We're clear. But it has motivated me to step up. I thought I was getting older and I should be able to do less. And, uh, now that's not what I'm hearing. Now I, I'm a, it's something I used to beat Pastor Bruce with all the time. He told me he was retired. I said, ah, there's not word, not nowhere in the Bible. And now I got experience it myself. And mentally, and I got to say it to myself too, it's not in the Bible. So you you thought. <laughs> That's what I said to say to myself. You thought, I'm giving it together. Because now, I believe God's calling me to step it up a, a notch. Step it up a notch uh, in my life and in the ministry. And so, I want to encourage you. I'm going to obey God. I say and ask the same thing of you. I pray that each and every one of you do that as well. Amen? Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? I know today's message was much different than y'all heard me preaching in the last days, but it was on my heart to say to the church because too often we think that we'll need something and we'll, we'll all have to have something and um, it's, it's the trust and confidence and, and Smitty you remember we moved in that building man I go back but I love you man because of you, you've hung in here with me ever since 25 years later Smitty said, man, he's crazy. <laughs> he said, this building way too big for this little 10 or 20 people we got to pay for. But here we are, 25 years later. We didn't quit. We didn't give up. You still here. Family here because you supported me and you stayed with me. But we, we know what we said we would do. And that's important. Uh, I haven't changed from that anyway. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because I need people to know. But this ain't it. There's more to the rest of the story. So we need to we need to get there. Don't let what somebody don't do on me sitting next to you. But do what's in your heart. And do what God's called you to do. And if each of us do our part, each one reach one, then they all will be saved. And this church will lack absolutely nothing. There's some great works for us to do. And it's not necessarily in numbers. It's in obedience. That's the key. And so I challenge each and every one of you of your time, your talent, and your money to give more than what you gave and give it on purpose to do something different so that Faith Harvest can do more of what it's called to do. Amen?
Come on, let's give the Lord another round. I promise uh, I'll be back on target next week <laughs> to continue to teach here. But I needed to get that out because I wanted everybody to know where we are as a people and what he's calling us to. There's so much more. We 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 want to use the building at night. We already own the building, so we got a plan for the day. Doesn't cost you any more money to use it at night. So yeah. cut the electric on, cut the lights on. But we can do that. And so that's where I've been encouraging the church to, to put its things in plan, put its plan in place, because the Lord has blessed us with such a facility to be able to do those things that we could do in the evening without all of this other exuberant cost that other places can't do because he blessed us. Amen? So we could have the adult education. That's one program we, we're doing. We're doing some others. You know, uh, want to do some things with, with uh, job preparations, soft skills, and even skill sets. Um, different things we can do uh, from the business sector. So just a number of things that we, we could offer and be able to supply. And uh, Pastor Rob came to me, and, and he probably listened, and he said uh, last week, that, you know, Lord had placed on his heart, and he remembered those conversations me and him had 18 years ago. You know, and 18 years he, he, he'd been with me, and uh, prior to that he was sitting for 13 and a two by four. But God has blessed him and opened and he said he's, he's ready to, to launch some of those plans. So what do you think I told him? I'm saying, let's go ahead and do it. I, I want to see him do it. I want to see him be successful. But he's got, he's got to start somewhere. Amen. So, Lord, place something on your heart. Come, come to me. I want to help you. I'll pray with you. That's, that's where the first place we're going to start. We've been given all spiritual blessings. Let's do something with it. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to these, your people. God, I pray that the message was heard and was received. That the floodgates would be open. God, that they feel connected. That they know that they are. That this is their home. This is their house. This is their ministry. This is the storehouse which will feed them the meat that they need necessary to grow to become who you call them to be. God, I pray that every need would be met in this house. I pray, God, that as you develop and move us even into the next phase of our ministry here at Harvest, God, that you would touch hearts and minds like never before. God, by granting them the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of you. Eyes would be open, hearts would be moved, lives would be changed. God, have your way in this place, for we are your people. This is your church. Have your way. Have your way. God, don't just stop by. Dwell here. Dwell here, God. We open our hearts, we open the door, we open our minds. We're open to you. 
God, we need a move of God in this place. Father, it's a new season, it's a new day. God, let your hand be present. In fact, God, we can't do it without you. We need you. We desire you. We're calling on you. So God, I thank you in advance for joining at this place. Thank you for lives being changed. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I'm going to ask you to give it a, a, a tithe and offering envelope. Amen. Um, we're going to put the baskets right here on the altar. I'm going to ask you to, if you're a member, give your tithes here the storehouse this evening. Amen. If you're a visitor, I'm going to ask you to pray and give what God has placed on your heart. But whatever that is, let it be what he has said, be obedient to do so, that we would all contribute to the work of the kingdom to make a difference in somebody's life. Amen. God, we ask God that you would bless this offering. Bless every seed that's been sown. 
not, not just for this house, but for every hand that sowed. God, let their house be blessed as well. God, let the reciprocal effect of the seed be sown back into their lives that will produce a harvest greater than they can even imagine and even think. Let every need be met. Not just here, but over the, in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. Well, Elder, this announcement. God. Yeah. Family, before we go, just want Penn to make State. sure everyone knows State. that we are a ministry that is Georgia. about the community, a building that is open oh, and busy oh, to give like, our people, God's okay. people, those okay. coming into the kingdom, whatever yeah. it is, yeah, okay. On tomorrow evening at 6.30, the women of the are in the house. Ladies, come on in. You know we have a good time. Bring some food. So we're talking anybody under 30, maybe 35. Come on in the house, that's evangelist judge. Wednesday night, we have our weekly Bible study. Something new's coming up. The classes are going to be taught soon. Get ready. Six o'clock is only an hour. Six to seven every Wednesday. Friday night is our veterans ministry. 6.30 in the house. Pastor Stegman leads that. Please come on out. Invite people to come. We do have a men's ministry, that means every third Saturday of the month at 10 a.m. in the house. That's Pastor Robert Ingram, and we have karate, actually, I think karate is tomorrow night and Thursday night. For the young people, if you remember karate, excellent instructor. He loves kids, and he's doing such a wonderful job. Please come on out. There's something for everybody. And 99.9% of the people What day she said? Saturday of the month is the men's ministry, ten o'clock. Now Pastor Rouse gone yesterday. All right. So that's that's yeah, gonna be that's gonna be the twentieth October. So but he'll but he'll call you yeah. right for sure. Right. Now listen, something else is going on. I'm gonna talk to Pastor about it. One of the organizations I belong to, we're gonna do a stop the bleed training. And it's Christiana Care, the director of surgery, is doing it for us. To of uh, emergency surgery. And Christiana Care costs nothing. To teach people how to work, you know, we in some perilous times. You really got to know this. How to, if you run across somebody, a child, a person bleeding, how to stop the bleed to save their lives. And and you get a little certificate so that you know. So I'm going to put that information out. And everybody's welcome. It's free. Um, some type of thing where it bends the microphones, they, they cut the frequency out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Hey, bro, I'm not back. Come on, man. When? When is that? Oh, weeks ago? Man, I should have. Probably would have saved me. Would have saved me? Saved my relationship. I, that, nah, I tried, Pastor Bruce. I tried with that. I could, you can talk. You can talk.